Hi, good morning. Good morning once again. Uh, thankful for uh, this opportunity to uh, begin our Bible study this morning. Uh, as we continue our year-long study through the life of Christ, we are in lesson 20, so this is the 20th class, and it just still, it still feels like we uh, began this just the other day, but uh, we are in, uh, again, class number 20. Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday evening, we, we looked at a lot of uh, miracles that Jesus performed on the Sabbath day. That was sort of the Kind of the theme of the, uh, the, the lesson was looking at these miracles that Jesus was performing uh, on the Sabbath day. And, you know, and we, again, just uh, sort of review where we were. Uh, Jesus, of course, was you know, teaching basically you know, that the day of rest, the, the Sabbath day, was meant to be a blessing for the people. But uh, the religious leaders of that day turned it into a burden. You know, God created, uh, you know, everything in six days, and then the seventh day he rested. And uh, in the book of Exodus, uh, one of the Ten Commandments was uh, to uh, treat the, the Sabbath day as a holy day. You know, again, a Sabbath means to rest. And it, again, it was meant for the people of Israel to, you know, rest, to take some time off from six days of, of work. And um, But again, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day... You know, they, they took that command and built all of these hedges around it, all of these extra laws uh, so that, uh, you know, maybe they had good intentions because they didn't want to break the Sabbath. But really what they again, what they were doing was putting in these uh, man-made uh, laws and uh, it was it became a burden to the people. Right? The people uh, you know, dreaded the Sabbath. Uh, the Sabbath, again, should have been a day of rest. But uh, he, they made it a burden for the people. And, um, and so as Jesus comes along, you know, and he's performing these miracles, one of the things he liked to do was to perform miracles on the Sabbath day because that gave him an opportunity to teach uh, those, especially the Pharisees, uh, that, you know, that what they were doing was, was wrong and, uh, and that they shouldn't have been uh, belaboring the people with all of those uh, rules and, and we looked at three different ones. Uh, the first one was Jesus was healing, or Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath who had been ill for 38 years. And again, you know, the Pharisees, as a result of this man being healed, you know, 38 years, that's a long time. I just celebrated my 40th birthday about a month ago. You know, I can't imagine being in that condition for, you know, most of my life. And that individual was healed. And, you know, the Pharisees, the, the people around should have been, you know, celebrating, uh, so happy that this man had been restored, but yet they weren't rejoiceful at all. You know, they were picking at him. You know, what's going on here? Who healed you? Why, why are you carrying your, your pallet on the Sabbath day? You know, you're not allowed to pick up something and move it from one place to another on the Sabbath. You're, you're breaking the, the commandments that they, or that the, you know, the Pharisees had set forth. And they were not happy at all. And so Jesus used that as a teaching moment. Uh, then he and his disciples were uh, traveling through that grain field, remember? And they, they were hungry, and so they started plucking some grain, uh, you know, heads of grain. They were rubbing it in their hands. Again, the Pharisees said, you know, nope, you know, you're breaking the law again. You're working. Uh, your disciples are working. And he got on them for that. 
right? And remember, Jesus then brought up the account of David uh, from the Old Testament and how David went into the temple and uh, took the consecrated bread that was only meant for the priests, uh, but he ate it along with his, um, his army that was following with him. And Jesus was making the point of, you know, David transgressed God's law by eating uh, consecrated bread. Uh, my disciples uh, are, you know, breaking your man-made laws, you know, and you're upset about that. You're not so upset about David, but you're upset about my disciples, you know, breaking these man-made traditions. And, uh, and then finally, there was the third account that we didn't really get time to look at. But uh, Jesus, again, uh, goes from that point to going into a synagogue and healing a man's withered hand again on the Sabbath. And he asks that great question uh, to them to you know, really get them thinking, you know, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath? You know, if you had a sheep that fell into a pit on the Sabbath day, uh, be, would you just leave it there? And let it die or, or injured? And of course, you know, you know, Jesus said, absolutely not. You would get down into that ditch and lift it up, uh, even though you would technically, you know, be working on the Sabbath. But Jesus was trying to make the point, again, that he was Lord of the Sabbath, uh, that, that this was supposed to be a blessing for the people and not a burden. So, you know, we, we've really, the past couple of weeks, we've really studied a lot of these different miraculous events around the life of Jesus uh, last Sunday, uh, if you were here, we looked at uh, Jesus calling some of his uh, disciples to you know, full-time discipleship work. I remember uh, when he's in, well, yeah, I got the map. When he is in sort of the Judea, the southern area region, you know, he calls um, some, uh, Andrew and uh, Peter and, and some of these individuals for sort of this part-time missionary work while he's down there in the southern region of Judah. Uh, but then as he goes back up north to Galilee, we saw last week that he called them to more of a full-time work. Uh, again, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, while they were out fishing, right? He told them they were going to be now fishers of men and requested that he follow him. This morning's lesson uh, we're going to see, as we've already completed one year of Jesus's uh, you know, three-and-a-half-year ministry on earth, that now he is going to set in place uh, what the Bible sometimes refers to as the Twelve, or, uh, of course, you know, the Twelve Apostles. And so that's what this morning's lesson is going to, uh, uh, to surround, uh, is the calling of the Twelve Apostles. And, you know, let, let's, uh, let's begin our, our study in Matthew chapter 12, uh, starting in verse... Oh, 15. Uh, this is right where we left off uh, Wednesday evening uh, with Jesus healing the man on the Sabbath. Jesus is going to withdraw from the Pharisees, uh, but we're going to notice he's going to continue to do some of, his, some of his healing. So Matthew chapter 12, verses 15 through 21 uh, reads this. Uh, but Jesus, aware of this, uh, withdrew from there. Uh, many followed him, and he healed them uh, all, and warned them not to tell who he was. Uh, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not quarrel, nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets." 
A battered reed he will not break off, and a smoldering wick he will not put out, until he leads justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. I'm going to read you, you can stay right there, but I'm going to read what Mark says about the same, uh, same situation. Mark chapter 3, uh, verses 7 through 12. Uh, notice what Mark says. Jesus withdrew to the sea uh, with his disciples, and a great multitude from Galilee followed, and also from Judea, and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of, of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard of all that he was doing and came to him. And he told his disciples that a boat should stay ready for him because of the crowd, so that they would not crowd him. And uh, he had healed many with the result that all those who had afflictions pressed around him in order to touch him. Uh, whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. And he earnestly warned them not to tell, uh, who, tell anyone who he was. So uh, these passages are just meant to be a transition from you know, these, uh, these Sabbath day healings uh, that Jesus uh, had, had done to um, what we're going to talk about here a little bit later with the, the miracles, or excuse me, about the, the calling of the apostles. But uh, again, notice in Matthew chapter 12, uh, verse 15, you know, it said, but Jesus is aware of this. Well, we have to go back to 14 to notice what he is aware of. And I didn't read that part. So uh, let's read that part as well. Verse 14, but the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. So they see Jesus heal on the Sabbath. Uh, They conspire how they might destroy him. And, of course, uh, they're not liking this. They're not liking that Jesus is pulling away disciples uh, to uh, him. And they don't like that he's breaking their traditions. And um, so we see this tension starting to uh, grow and so, as we just read in Mark's account, you know, Mark emphasized that Jesus, you know, he kind of got to get away a little bit. Right? He's got to get into that boat uh, to kind of get out to sea so that people, because uh, people are crowding him, because he's doing all of these healings. Uh, he's uh, casting out demons. And he's teaching the people. And again, what did he, the emphasis that we've kind of talked about the past couple of weeks, um, did Jesus want the people to know uh, or to spread the word about what he was doing. No, right. He, he wanted them to uh, not tell anyone, uh, again, because his popularity is growing. He's not able to do uh, the work that he needs to do. Uh, he's getting tired. You know, he has to go out and, and find a secluded place every once in a while to pray because the people are overcrowding him. And again, why does he not want them to tell people well, um, you know, at this point, we, can, we notice that, you know, we, uh, possibly Jesus doesn't want to infuriate more uh, of the Pharisees and the religious leaders, right? Because they're all starting to kind of band together. And um, we noticed last week, uh, we didn't touch on this point, but in one of the scriptures last week, it, it talked about how the Pharisees and the Herodians uh, even got together. You know, we often talk about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but there was also another group, a less known group, called the Herodians. Uh, they were uh, the Jews who um, looked up to King Herod. And, 
you know, the Pharisees wouldn't have liked that too much because they were following, you know, the, the Roman government leader, uh, Herod. They, they were, Her- you know, they, they liked Herod, and so they were called the Herodians. And Pharisees, Herodians didn't see eye to eye uh, very much. But now that Jesus is in the picture, you know, they came together uh, to, uh, to, you know, come up with some way of getting rid of uh, Jesus and, uh, you know, either making them be quiet or, you know, even conspiring to kill him, as we see here, to destroy him. Uh, Matthew's account that we just read, you know, he fulfills a prophecy from the prophet Isaiah. Um, Notice who in this passage, uh, who in this passage is being uh, spoken of? Uh, Is this Jesus um, to the Jewish nation or is this more of Jesus to the Gentiles? Yeah, the focus is the, the Gentiles, right? Uh, you know, you know we, we've made that comment uh, a few classes ago or sort of towards the beginning that in Jesus's ministry, uh, in his life, basically, he really never leaves this area except for when he went to Egypt uh, as a young child, right? Uh, the, the, the rest of his life, he is in, we read that he is in uh, Palestine, the, this area, um, but we just read here in Mark, in Mark's account in chapter 3, that as word about Jesus is getting out, all of these different areas that are, that are uh, filled with the Gentiles, they're coming to see Jesus. From the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon, from Edomia, uh, beyond the Jordan, all of these Gentile nations are you know, coming to uh, the area where you know, Jesus is performing his great works. And again, this was prophesied in Isaiah. Matthew says that he shall proclaim justice to the Gentiles. And, um, and in his name, the Gentiles will hope. You know, he's that light, that, that, uh, the hope, the light for the Gentile people. You know, they were, they have no idea of, of a Messiah. They have no idea that they're, you know, lost in sin and that they, they need a savior. And, you know, Jesus is, uh, in this time is going to start proclaiming these great truths. And so, again, this is sort of a transition into uh, the, the main focus of this study this morning is Jesus selecting his 12 apostles. You know, he, he knows. Does, de- does Jesus at this point know his days are numbered? Yeah, he, he does, right? He knows uh, that, that there's going to be a time where he's going to have to go to the cross and so it's time now for him to select these uh, men to carry on his mission, uh, you know, after his, uh, you know, physical life is over. Right? And so, again, we refer to the again, uh, he had those part time disciples and we saw he had those full time disciples. But now he's he's selecting, you know, these uh, 12 uh, what we refer, refer to as apostles. Uh, he, you know, these 12 men that are going to be. Uh, entrusted to preach and, and teach. And so let's, let's read these verses. Um, let me put up this chart that was uh, in, in the, the, the packets as well. Uh, four, there's four places within Scripture, Matthew chapter 10, Mark chapter 3, Luke chapter 6, and then also in Acts chapter 1 that lists the, uh, the 12 apostles. Of course, Acts chapter 1 uh, only lists 11 because at that point Judas Iscariot is, is no longer 
um, alive at that point and no longer part of the 12. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Let's read Matthew, Mark, and Luke's account. And we'll just notice a few slight things. And we'll stay in Luke for the remainder of the morning's lesson. But Matthew chapter 10, uh, verses 2 through 4. And we just, we, we sort of want to, as we read these, sort of notice uh, the, the order in which the, the gospel writers uh, list them. Uh, if you want to go ahead and look at the chart as well, uh, up here I sort of color-coded it by these three divisions. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you know, they all put uh, them in these, basically these three groups. Now, they don't always order them the same, but Peter and Andrew, James and John, they're always mentioned in the first four. And then you sort of have the second tier of Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew. They're always mentioned in that second tier. And then the, the last four that will always be mentioned is James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, uh, who is also called Judas, son of James, uh, by Luke. And, 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 of course, Luke writes Acts as well. And uh, Simon the Zealot and Judas Iscariot. So uh, there's, it's always grouped in this specific way, uh, whether it's Matthew, Mark, or Luke writing it. Uh, but again, specifically in those three groups. So let's, let's read what uh, both of, or all three of these gospel writers uh, have to say. Matthew chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 2. It says, Now the name, names of the twelve apostles are these. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. Uh, Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 19. Notice Mark gives us a little more information. Uh, He writes, And he went up on the mountain and summoned those whom he himself wanted, and they came to him, and he appointed twelve, so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out the demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, and James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James. To them he gave the name uh, Bonerges, which means sons of thunder. And Andrew and Philip and Bartholomew and Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus and Simon, uh, the zealot. <clears throat> you know, it's interesting that, you know, some of these men, uh, you know, Jesus has changed their names or gave them nicknames, right? Uh, Peter, obviously the first one, uh, he, we're introduced to him as Simon, or, uh, but he uh, changed his name to Peter or Cephas. And uh, we see even he gave uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, he gave them sort of this nickname, the sons of thunder. Right? What's that all about? Um, you know, that's, that's an interesting thought. But uh, let's move to Luke chapter 6. And again, we'll camp out on this passage in Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. And uh, we'll notice here, uh, <clears throat> again, uh, Luke writes, It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples to him, and chose twelve of them, whom he also named as apostles. Simon, whom he also named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John, and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, 
James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, who was called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a, a traitor. So, again, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Uh, they list out for us uh, the 12 apostles. Again, not necessarily in the same order, uh, but there is a significance as to uh, the order uh, that Bible writers uh, list things. Uh, normally, when they list things, you know, they sort of uh, you know, put the more important things at the beginning. Not that Peter was uh, the most important um, apostle, but you know, there's a lot more recorded of Peter in the gospel accounts. And we know that he was one of Jesus' closest uh, allies. Um, but notice again verse 12 of Luke chapter 6. Uh, it was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. You know, what, should, what can we learn about uh, this verse here about Jesus at, before he selects uh, his 12 apostles? Exactly. Uh, did, did Jesus, uh, you know, he, he's got a big decision to make. Uh, you know, so did he, uh, you know, go to go to God in prayer for about a minute or two? No, uh, the, the Bible tells us that he spent the whole night in prayer. The whole night in prayer. You know, that that's uh, that's something. Uh, I think we uh, the youth here is planning uh, next. I think in May at some point to do a, a lock in. Are you familiar with lock-ins? Uh, I'm dreading it so much because uh, <laughs> I don't like to stay up late. But I just cannot imagine you know, staying up all night long in prayer like Jesus did. You know, that, that's, uh, you know, that's amazing to me. I, I can't imagine you know, when we get to May and we have to stay up all night uh, here in this building that I'm going to be able to do it. You know, that, that just... It just seems, it seems tough, but Jesus has such a huge, huge decision to make, and he is, <clears throat> he is spending all night in prayer about selecting these uh, men. Now, are all these men going to turn out to be uh, these great heroes in the faith? No. We know that one of them is going to betray Jesus. But still, right? Still, Jesus spent that whole night in prayer praying about these individuals who he referred to them as apostles. So let's talk about that word apostle. Uh, what is an apostle? In its, uh, or in its basic sense, what is an apostle? So the... <clears throat> The basic de definition of the word apostle is a messenger. Uh, in its, you know, again, in its basic form, to call somebody an apostle is to call them a messenger. Now, of course, uh, they have a specific message uh, that they have for the people. Um, they are apostles of Christ. Their, their message is to preach and teach the gospel. And, you know, we can, we can look at that word, again, in sort of a general sense that, you know, to be an apostle is just, you know, someone to be sent on a special, uh, mis mesh, mi excuse me, special mission. Uh, they're a messenger. 
Um, but there is a difference between a capital A apostle and you know a, a lowercase apostle. Um, are there apostles today in the capital A sense? In, in the capital A sense, uh, when, when we're referring to, you know, the, the 12, the apostles, you know, they, uh, you know, were selected personally by Jesus. You know, they, they were witnesses of uh, Jesus. If we want to use that term apostle in a, you know, a lowercase a sense, you know, we could, um, you know, apply it to, uh, you know, anyone who preaches God's word or teaches God's word. But we, we don't necessarily like to, I know we don't necessarily like to use uh, the word apostle today because, you know, there are individuals in, again, in, in specific and different denominations who uh, say that they are capital A apostles, that they have been sent by God, that God has, you know, directly talked to them and given them a message to teach and preach. Um, but we could look at Acts chapter 1, uh, verse 22, and notice here... The qualifications that Peter gives of uh, people who were uh, the apostles, the 12 apostles. Uh, or we can start in verse 21, Acts chapter 1. You know, this is where, you know, Judas, of course, is, ha, has died. Uh, they need to replace him. And so they're, they're bringing, they brought two men uh, before uh, the 12, uh, two men who they thought would be worthy of uh, taking Judas's office, his place. And so Peter gives the qualifications of a capital A apostle. He says, therefore, it is necessary that of the men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning with the baptism of John until the day that he was taken up from us. One of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so they put two men forward, Joseph called Barsabbas, uh, who was also called Justice and uh, Matthias. So again, I just want to make that point that, you know, when we use the word apostle, we can use it in a couple of different senses. You know, if I said I live um, in the White House, you know, if I'm using, you know, lowercase w, uh, lowercase h, just say, I'm, I'm just telling you I live in the White House, right? I live on that White House over there. But I could also say I live in the White House. But if I'm ca talking about capital W, capital H, you know what house I'm referring to, right? Uh, you know, where, where the president resides. And so uh, when we're talking about apostles in the same way, you know, we need to distinguish, are we talking about a capital A apostle or a lowercase apostle? And again, the capital A apostles that we read about in scripture, they were eyewitnesses. They were selected by the Lord or the Holy Spirit specifically. Uh, you know, Jesus gave them uh, miraculous powers to be able to lay, eye, lay hands on people. And, um, and we notice after, uh, after you know, the 12 uh, was reassembled with, with the new uh, apostle here in Acts chapter 1, we notice from that time forward, you know, no other man uh, took that office when uh, they uh, died, right? James in Acts chapter 12 is the first apostle to be martyred. Um, remember, Herod has, has him martyred in Acts chapter 12. And at that point, um, you know, no longer were the apostles replaced uh, at that time. So 
let's talk about this. Excuse me. Uh, in the, the 12 apostles, right? Is there, is there a significance of why Jesus would have chose 12? Yeah, is 12 a significant number uh, for, you know, in the history of the Israelite people? It is, isn't it? There, the, um, we obviously, we think of, you know, the, the, the 12 patriarchs or the 12 tribes uh, back in the Old Testament. And, uh, and, and here in the New Testament, we have the 12 apostles. Um, Again, let's think of, you know, we have about five minutes left. Let's, let's think about these names listed here. Again, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the zealot, Judas Iscariot. Again, broken down really by these three uh, different uh, ranges. And again, Peter is always mentioned first. Now, there are some... Uh, religions that believe that you know Peter was the first pope, right? And and they'll say you know Peter uh, was listed first, so obviously he's the most important apostle, and uh, you know he was the first pope. Um, but could it just be that you know Peter was just a natural leader? You know his his the talents that he had. Uh, made him a natural leader. And of course, he, along with uh, James and John, Peter, James, and John, they seem to be sort of Jesus's uh, inner circle uh, during his ministry. You know, when Jesus went off to the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, he didn't take the 12 with him, but he took Peter, James, and John. You know, th those three uh, were closest to him. Um, look at some of the di dynamics of these 12 apostles. Uh, again, what, what was Matthew's profession? Tax collector. tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. He was hired by the Roman government to collect taxes on his countrymen. You know, again, based on uh, the Roman government, you know, tax collectors had a reputation of maybe being a little greedy, maybe taking a little off the top. Uh, the, the people of Israel did not like these individuals, but Jesus called Matthew to be uh, one of his 12 apostles. And then we have uh, sort of down at the bottom of the list, a man by the name of Simon the Zealot. Are you familiar what a, a, a zealot would be? These uh, uh, the zealots were, you know, just in the name, they were zealous for Israel, you know, they uh, opposed everything uh, about the Roman government. And so you've got these two uh, different men, Matthew and Simon, on, you know, on the same team, right? If uh, before Jesus, you know, if Simon were to walk down an alley uh, and Matthew, you know, come in the other way, you know, Simon, uh, you know, probably uh, as the, you read in some of these books would have, you know, taken some daggers out of his cloak and, uh, you know, ended Matthew's life. You know, that's how much the zealots uh, despised, you know, the Roman government or people who worked for the Roman government. But yet Matthew and Simon uh, are, you know, they're on the same team now. Uh, they're able to work together uh, during uh, these three or so years as Jesus's 12. Why do you think Judas is listed last? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's... Yeah, that, that's pretty... Uh, I think that we probably all understand that Judas uh, is always listed last, you know, because he was the one who portrayed Jesus. And so, uh, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all list him uh, last there on uh, the list. You know, again, we've already met several of these men in earlier in our studies, um, Peter and Andrew, James and John, especially uh, early in Jesus' life. You know, he knew these men. Uh, most, uh, we know that he knew a lot of these men, you know, before he called them to be apostles. He knew uh, what kind of men they were. Uh, he'd worked with them before. And again, he, he put a lot of effort uh, into uh, them, but, you know, staying up all night and praying for them. Uh, we know that uh, he, obviously he loved them very much. And uh, even choosing someone, you know, he knew was going to betray him uh, one day. And so, again, just, a, you know, a very impressive list of uh, individuals. You know, there's some individuals here listed that, you know, we don't know really anything about. You know, the Bible doesn't talk about too much uh, you know, the backgrounds of some of these individuals, uh, like Thaddeus or Judas, son of James, uh, we just don't know. Uh, but the ones we do know, you know, we can get some pretty powerful uh, lessons from there. So uh, starting uh, Wednesday evening, uh, we are going to turn our attention to uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthews chapter 5, 6, and seven, and this uh, the the curriculum takes this I think for the next ten lessons. So we're really going to focus in on the Sermon on the Mount uh, because this obviously is one of the greatest uh, sermons that Jesus ever preached, uh, recorded for us. There's just so much in there uh, that we don't want to miss any of it. And you know, again, this this you know this uh, study that we're doing of the the life of Jesus in chronological order, you know, this kind of sets the stage of where we are. Uh, for this lesson to take place, you know Jesus is, um, you know, got a about a year in into his ministry. He's got his twelve apostles selected, and uh, you know he's about to preach the, one of the again one of the greatest sermons ever. So um, I look forward to beginning that with you on Wednesday. And again, we're going to take our time as we go through uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And I appreciate your attention uh, this morning. Uh, I didn't hear the last bell ring. Does anyone have any comments they want to make about the 12 apostles or uh, questions? Or maybe I'll get saved by the bell. Oh, there we go. Was Matthew a Roman Jew? Did he have dual citizenship? I believe he was just a, he was a Jew, but he was, you know, hired by the Romans. Um, you know, because it would be much easier for a, a Jewish individual to collect taxes from a Jewish individual than it would to, you know, hire out a Roman person to go in and do that. Sorry, I forgot to mention your prayer. But 